Welcome to the RMD Podcast from Averse Mortgage Daily, hosted by RMD editor Chris Clow. In this month's episode, Clow interviews Robert Klein, a registered investment advisor in Newport Beach, California, and founder of the Retirement Income Center. In this episode, the pair discuss the state of reverse mortgage product education to borrowers and professionals, the reticence many financial planners have about discussing reverse mortgages with clients, and much more. As always, thank you for listening, and here's the latest episode of RMD. Welcome back to the RMD Podcast. I am very pleased to be joined by Mr. Robert Klein. He is a uh, retirement income certified planner. Is that the correct designation? Uh, that's one of my designations. Yep. Right. You have several. Uh, why, don't, why don't you take me through the, the gamut if you don't mind? Sure. Not at all, Chris. Uh, originally, I obtained a CPA years ago and did the traditional uh, CPA thing, working for several certified public accounting firms. Uh, And while I was doing that, I had a lot of clients who were asking me questions related to financial planning, which that wasn't my training as a CPA. And so I obtained the CFP designation pretty early in my career. I was one of the first uh, CPAs to do that. You know, not the first, but I was pretty early in the game. And I also obtained the AICPA's personal financial specialist designation as well. Uh, Next, I became a certified uh, in long-term care CLT, uh, CLTC designation. And last but not least, uh, the retirement income certified professional RICP designation that you just mentioned, Chris. Wow, that is a gamut, uh, and it's uh, it, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you. So you are the principal of a uh, a planning firm called the Retirement Income Center, and uh, the reason that you and I connected is because you have been writing some pieces for the street that are specifically about reverse mortgages, and um, anyone who pays attention to the reverse mortgage space knows how focused originators and and even broader lenders are and brokers are about uh, connecting with people in your uh, in, in your primary profession, although you have quite a bit of expertise. Um, but why don't you tell me just to start off a little bit about your career as a financial advisor? How'd you get started and what helped you to hone your focus to uh, retirement planning specifically? Sure. Uh, once again, when I was a CPA, I became interested, you know, in financial planning because uh, I was primarily client driven. They were clients were asking me questions about financial planning. I didn't know the answers to it. And so after several years working for CPA firms, I decided to, uh, take a little break from the CPA firm environment to get more experience with financial planning and worked for, uh, what was then one of the largest, uh, financial planning firms that offered, uh, they were on the forefront of holistic financial planning. Uh, and so I joined them. And then back in uh, 86, this was when the Tax Reform Act of 86 came out, I felt you know I needed to jump back into the CPA world uh, so that I would uh, stay on top of you know, the latest tax developments. And that was a, a very important one. And it coincided with the time when 
CPA firms were starting to bring in financial planners like myself to offer that service. So that worked out really well. And then uh, bottom line was uh, 1989, I broke off, started my own CPA firm and another firm called uh, Financial Design Center that specialized in general financial planning. And it was, wasn't until 2011 uh, that I formed Retirement Income Center. And I did that to basically promote my expertise and specialization in tax-sensitive retirement income planning strategies. Uh, it coincided with a time, uh, it was a couple of years after the stock market had a, a big drop and uh, retirement income planning came to the forefront. I also uh, obtained the RICP designation from the American uh, College of uh, Financial Services at that time as well, and was one of the first uh, designees of you know of that particular designation. Um, so that's how it all started. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Um... Tell me about your journey with reverse mortgages specifically, because I hear an abundance of um, of initial exposures to the product category and a, a whole host of feelings that emerge from people who first learn about them. Uh, how did you first learn about reverse mortgages and what was your initial attitude after learning more about them? Yeah. Um, you know, it goes back several years, you know, as a financial advisor attending conferences, I heard about them and, you know, as part of the educational process and as time went on, I realized, you know, I needed to learn more about them. I just had a feeling they were an important part of, uh, retirement income planning. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, I attended a seminar sponsored by uh, Ed Slot. Um, I'm, I'm a member of the Ed Slot uh, Elite IRA Advisor Group, and he has had as a presenter Don Graves uh, from the Heckam Heckam uh, 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 Reverse Mortgage Group, and Don Graves is a expert in education when it comes to reverse mortgages. And you know, as he was speaking and just talking, you know, basic things about how important it is for financial advisors to be involved in this industry, because it's such a large part of clients net worth in a lot of cases. Uh, it just, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks that, hey, I, I got to get up to speed on this. And luckily, Don offers a uh, certificate program in housing wealth. And I immediately took that and learned a tremendous amount uh, about reverse mortgages as a result of that. And I followed that up with reading. Don has two books about reverse mortgages, one for financial advisors, another one for consumers. Uh, so that you know really ignited my excitement uh, with it. And uh, shortly thereafter uh, is when I started writing articles for Retirement Daily in uh, June 2020. And so my first article was about reverse mortgages, uh, which you guys uh, featured that article um, shortly after I, I wrote that. 
and it was really intended to be an introduction to reverse mortgages. And by writing that article, that just you know reinforced everything I was learning about it and uh, really got me excited about the whole subject. You know, uh, this is kind of an aside, but uh, when I was in college, in a whole other lifetime, I was thinking of becoming a lawyer. And um, my pre-law professor, uh, he told us one time that if he could, he would be a professional student because he just loves learning so much. And it seems like you have so many designations and you saw that there was another opportunity to potentially get another designation while learning about a new role. Do you feel the same way kind of about learning? Are you excited about the prospect of learning more about a particular field? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Um, I've always been huge on education and you just need to be, if you're gonna be in this retirement income planning field, uh, you know, you have to know there's a lot of things you need to to learn about. And uh, so I've always made it a point to look for education opportunities. And, you know, I'm required as with all my designations to obtain continuing education. Uh, and so it's just like, you know, kind of a bonus kind of thing that as part of the learning process, I get credit towards those designations. But uh, you're absolutely uh, you know, right on, spot on with that observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine that there's a degree of fun in it too, just in terms of expanding a knowledge base. It, it, uh, learning is cool. It's, it's, it's a lesson I'm trying to, to give to my daughter, who's a little too young to learn it right now, but uh, <laughs> hopefully I can pass it on. We'll see. Well, um, I'm sure you will. <laughs> time will tell, knock on wood. But um I probably don't need to tell you, but mostly just for the benefit of our listeners, many of your peers in the financial planning community uh, are averse to even mentioning reverse mortgages as a possibility for senior clients. And it seems like it partially emerges because of perceptions about compliance issues, but also uh, sometimes it's just an outright distaste for the product category. Uh, what do you make of the attitudes of other financial planners regarding reverse mortgages, particularly when it comes to the uh, barriers that they think exist from broker dealers and separately um, to those who just generally have a negative attitude about them? Yeah, I get that and I appreciate it. Um, to me, it's nothing new. It's comparable to, it's analogous to uh Financial advisors, a lot of them, uh, the their attitude towards income annuities, fixed income annuities, um, and it comes down to, in a lot of cases, lack of education. That's the basic thing about whether it's fixed income annuities or reverse mortgages. Uh, you know, I look at it as you know they only have you only have so much time in the day, and people like to focus on certain things. Um, however, having said that, you know, a lot of the things that we focus on are client driven. And so to the extent that clients are, you know, coming into your office and they're talking about this more and more now, uh, it behooves financial advisors to get up to speed on it and, um, you know, expand their horizons. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, uh, because there is really no set financial model for this, you know, as a financial advisor, I can't be compensated by a uh, reverse mortgage company uh, for offering and uh, 
selling a reverse mortgage to my client, I can't receive any kind of compensation. So the compensation that I receive related to reverse mortgages is as, and in connection with my whole holistic service that I provide to clients, uh, which includes reverse uh, mortgages, is one of the things that I do. Um, but, you know, I found from talking to other financial advisors who do, whether it's annuities or uh, reverse mortgages, that the ones who have gotten educated on it uh, and have incorporated it into their practice uh, they have a totally different attitude towards it than those that don't. Um, a lot of the attitudes I find, once again, whether it's uh, annuities, Chris, or reverse mortgages, uh, come from misconceptions. And you know, a lot of them are ones that consumers have. Um, but as financial advisors, we have to be you know really careful, you know, because our clients are looking for solutions and. Uh, to the extent that clients own homes and they turn 62, that's when you qualify for a HECM. Uh, you know, it behooves you to be up to speed on that to have a discussion about it. Um, as I pointed out in my most recent article that I wrote for uh, Retirement Daily on this subject, reverse mortgage isn't for everybody. Um, however, you know, it's important to recognize situations where it might fit in and be open to having those kinds of discussions with clients and furthermore, being proactive about it when appropriate. Yeah, certainly. Well, um, we, we spoke a little bit here about education uh, in, a, in a broad sense, but when it comes to reverse mortgages specifically, um, Having observed the industry now for the past several years, uh, I can tell you how much of a focus the educational component is for the industry itself, not just for uh, potential clients and borrowers, but also for other professionals. Uh, in your estimation, do you think the reverse mortgage industry is doing enough in terms of uh, trying to inform people about what the uh, the, the product's potential benefits are, or there, are there other things that you think they could potentially be doing to make your job easier? Uh, I think the industry is, is doing a great job of, you know, getting the message out there. Um, I think to the extent we can all work together and, you know, on common client situations. And I think a lot of times, uh, Clients, you know, when they do have reluctance about reverse mortgages, um, sometimes it's in connection with sales presentations that turn them off for whatever reason by a mortgage company. Um, so to the extent that it can be a team effort and, you know, when you're uh, I'm working with clients uh, on from a holistic planning approach and I can show them how reverse mortgages fit into their situation like anything else, you know, when it you can plug it into their situation and show how it directly applies, how it could benefit them, what the downsides are. I think that's goes a long way um, toward when the time does come that they meet with somebody in the reverse mortgage industry. Uh, it's not simply a sales presentation to them. Not that uh, all reverse mortgage presentations are sales. A, a lot of them, there's a lot of great education out there I've seen uh, by professionals in the industry. But I think 
once again, when it's tied into an existing holistic plan that you have with a client, uh, it, it just solidifies the whole process and, you know, the lights come on for clients. Sure. Yeah. Well, you indirectly participate in the uh, the reverse mortgage education process uh, through the articles that you've written. Um, tell me more about the articles that you've written about reverse mortgages in the context of retirement planning. What encouraged you to become active in this way when talking about this product specifically? And do you think that it's an effective way to communicate their potential? Sure. Um any any topic that I choose to write on is just, you know, it's an educational process. Anytime I've written articles, and by the way, I have my own blog that I've been writing for 11 years now called Retirement Income Visions, and I've always viewed it as an opportunity, whether I was writing that or uh, writing for, I used to write for uh, Market Watch for their retirement planning uh publication, uh, online publication, and now I'm uh, writing for Retirement Daily. So no matter what I'm writing for, it's an educational opportunity for me to learn more. And it, you know, it ultimately is for the benefit of my clients. Uh, so the I've written two articles for Retirement Daily on reverse mortgages. The one that I mentioned earlier that I wrote last June, and that was intended to be an overview of uh, reverse mortgages, you know, what they're all about, a basic educational uh, situation. And then the second one, uh, which was published the other day, uh, was about five key financial metrics that can be used to evaluate a Heckam reverse mortgage. And it referred to the article from a year ago uh, that I originally wrote, that I wrote. Um, and the idea with this article, Chris, was to provide a process uh, that anybody can use to evaluate a reverse mortgage. And what motivated me to write that one in particular was what I was thinking about the reverse mortgage industry. You know, a lot of people, they have their fixed ideas about things and a lot of things, times emotion comes into play. And I realized uh, there's uh, companies out there, reverse mortgage providers that they have a, a process, but I wanted to provide a process that anybody could use to objectively evaluate a reverse mortgage using these various financial metrics. Uh, and did you want me to talk about those? Uh, if you'd like to, sure. I mean, I think um, we we tried to signal boost that article, of course, but um, are these the metrics that you found most helpful in terms of uh, determining whether a reverse mortgage is a good fit for a client? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, those are. And, you know, I started, I went into a particular order, uh, starting with looking at if a client has an existing mortgage there, you know, that's something everybody's familiar with. So that was the first analytic I looked at. And then, you know, comparing that to a HECM, and giving a couple ways that a HECM could be used uh, either through um, uh, just simply using it as most people seem to where there's no requirement to make a monthly payment and contrasting that with making a, a monthly payment if you're substituting uh, your former mortgage with a HECM 
to keep making the same payment and showing what the benefit of doing that would be as far as the credit line. And then just real quickly, the other metrics had to do with uh, the effect of a reverse mortgage on your savings, once again, with differences uh, for whether or not you're continuing your payments or not making any payments, uh, how it impacts your net worth, um, you know, and bringing into the equation, obviously, the value of your home, uh, the line of credit, and that's really the differentiator, as you know, when it comes to uh, HECMs, um, because it works quite a bit differently than a traditional HELOC home equity line of credit. And there's a lot of benefits you have with the HECM that you don't have with the uh, <clears throat> the traditional line of credit. Um, and then last but not least, the liquidity that's provided by both the uh, HECM line of credit as well as any savings you're able to achieve by not making payments on the HECM. Excellent. Um, one thing I'm curious about, I'm not sure if I've seen you specifically mention them or not, but uh, higher net worth clients uh, might have home values that are uh, either very close or over the HECM lending limit, which right now is just over $822,000. Have you encountered a need to explore proprietary reverse mortgage options for clients that that might be a better fit for? Or is that not something that you've had to deal with as much? Uh, it's something that I've thought a lot about and talked to a lot of people about. And um I'm inclined to recommend HECMs to people of all income levels, uh, all you know, uh, housing value levels, just because your home value exceeds the traditional HECM limit, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking at a HECM. I think the uh, strategies that uh, are you can avail yourself of with the credit line uh, which is extremely flexible that you don't have with the uh, private uh, reverse mortgages, which tend to be you have a, a fixed rate and you take a lump sum of money. Uh, I don't feel personally the strategic opportunities are what they are with HECMs. So, you know, my attitude is just because you have a home value, which in California is very easy to do, to, that gets over a million dollars. You know, you shouldn't limit yourself and and say, "Oh, Heckams aren't good for me." That's you know, you need to rethink that um, because with their various strategic uses, uh, they definitely have a place. You know, no matter what the value of your home is. Do you think the FHA component plays a a role in the, uh, I guess the 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 potential? amenability that someone might have to choosing a reverse mortgage? Does the FHA uh, element of the HECM provide kind of a feather in the cap for that option, or is that not as much of a concern? Are you referring, Chris, in particular to the insurance? Yeah, yeah, just the sponsorship by the agency. Um, I think that solidifies it. I mean, you know, with the government backing and the fact that uh, even if you end up being upside down, at the end of the day, uh, the FHA is going to make up the difference between the uh, excess of the uh, loan value and the you know the value of your home uh, when it comes time to sell it. I think that's you know a, a strong point. Uh, 
where you know the 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 issue is as I see it with the insurance is always about cost, uh, justifying that in relation to the value provided by the HECM. Um, because the uh, that can be a, a major component of the initial costs that are uh, built into the the uh, process. Certainly, well, uh, I also don't need to remind you about the state of the world as it is at the moment, and what we've all had to endure as a result of the uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus pandemic. From your place as a planner, uh, how would you say the pandemic has affected? the amenability of clients and potentially your peers, other planners to explore uh, reverse mortgage or equity release options? Because it seems like the reverse mortgage business specifically saw a new heightened level of activity, uh, particularly on the refinance side, but the business in general did pretty well in 2020 and into this year. But what's your perception about how the pandemic may have changed the equation in the context of both your clients and your peers? Uh, like you just observed, Chris, there's been a big uptick, uptick in, you know, the interest in Heckam's reverse mortgages. And, you know, once again, it all comes down to, you know, I look at it as doing my job for clients, basically. And as part of the comprehensive holistic retirement income planning I'm providing, uh, I need to talk to them. Maybe, you know, it wasn't face-to-face meetings uh, the last year and a half. However, you know, through Zoom meetings, telephone conferences, it's still a part of their overall retirement income planning that I need to think about when it's when it's applicable. Um, you know, so as far as the effect on what I do, uh, you know, very little. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think that that's not too surprising, but, uh, it, you know, it, it just kind of amplified the importance of planning in general. And um, when the market went down, especially, uh, you had people like Dr. Wade Vow encouraging the use of a Heckam line of credit to avoid sequence of returns risk. Uh, That's become a very popular strategy. But um, at the same time, too, uh, because reverse mortgage originators are so keen to try and connect with uh, financial planners specifically as uh, referral sources for business, being in that profession, do you have any advice for reverse mortgage originators or brokers who are looking for people like you to serve as referral partners? How do you think they should approach people in your profession and what will ultimately help them to add a planner to their Rolodex? Uh, I just think it's, yeah, they need to network with financial planners, you know, whether it be CPAs or CFPs, RICPs, whatever. Uh, through whatever means is comfortable, just you know, reach out, talk to them, uh, attend conferences potentially uh, that financial advisors uh, attend. Um, you know, not that we've had the opportunities. That's something that was obviously affected <laughs> right. by the uh, pandemic that we had. However, you know that you know will open up eventually. Um, you know, and, and just reach, reach out. Um, I've established, I've reached out to, uh, people in the reverse mortgage business, um, you know, various, uh, people that I, uh, sought out and, you know, experts in the business. And, uh, I've enjoyed, you know, mutually beneficial relationships with these people and I've learned a tremendous amount about it. So I think it's a matter of, you know, reaching out to people that you see 
that are interested in, you know, the business preferably, um, and then just opening up other, other advisors' eyes who, you know, it might not be so obvious that they're interested per se in the reverse mortgage business, but, you know, knowing that it's definitely value added to the extent you can interact with a financial advisor and make them aware because they're not, not everybody's aware of the fact you know, of the need for this uh, service that, you know, clients, if uh, they, you know, they, they're interested in reverse mortgages and they initiate a discussion with you and learn, hey, you know, you're really, you know, don't know that much about it or whatever. Uh, you know, it's, that's something they can point out to the financial advisor, you know, the importance of getting up to speed and including, you know, just educational tips on, you know, what they can do and, you know, uh, what their firm potentially offers in the way of webinars. I've attended, you know, several webinars from different lending companies that have been extremely uh, beneficial. Great. Well, Robert, thank you so much again for taking the time to to talk to me today for this episode of the RMD podcast. If people wanted to uh, keep track of what you're doing and what you're saying, where can they find you on the internet? Okay. Uh, the two main places, I have a website, retirementincomecenter.com. And I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Retirement Income Center. Those are the two primary places great. Well, Robert, thank you once again so much for for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again at some point. Okay. Appreciate that, Chris. Enjoy talking to you. Thanks. Likewise. Thanks. Take care. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, a real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for listening to the RMD Podcast, and if you want more, you can find the show wherever you usually tune in. Also look out for our next episode coming out in September. Until next time, thank you.